Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Pilot's Inner Circle on Flight Training Radio, where a good pilot is always learning. Now, here's your host and certified flight instructor extraordinaire, Jason Shoppert. Hey everyone, Jason Shoppert here of M0A.com. Beautiful day to talk about aviation. I'm going to teach you guys the secret to perfect landing. Stay tuned. Now for news and notes. So for today's news and notes, I want to share with you guys a little bit about what the FAA is doing with its drone regulations. Um, The FAA calls them RPAs, or Remote Piloted Aircraft. And the FAA, if you spend any time on general aviation news, AVWeb, get the FAA safety bulletins, you've seen drones are the buzzword lately. And what's important is how, how is the FAA going to regulate this drone activity is what they're talking about. And some of the things the FAA has come out with, and well, we're going we're gonna to come out with strict rules and weight requirements, and you can create no-fly zones, and, and, and we're going to publish it. Uh, and each drone manufacturer, such as DGI, or there's quite a few of them, um, they're going to have these regulations, sort of like a drone far aim, and we're going to—they're going to include it in each each bit of packaging. And think back to this. Think, think back to when you were a 16-year-old kid and you got a cool present for Christmas. The last thing you ever did was read the instructions. I bet. Uh, I highly doubt they're going to spend the time to read these, the FA, the far aim of drone rules and regulations, um, you know, because a lot of these young kids are just going to claim ignorance to it. And a, a question I have and uh, a question I pose is, what about our insurance? Because as of right now, nothing's happened. And I don't mean to be a, a bearer of bad news or, a, you know, a, you know, any, a Scrooge or anything like that. But unfortunately, the quadcopters, these remote pilot aircraft have gotten so popular that they're an accident waiting to happen. Unfortunately, there's going to be some sort of collision, whether it be, you know, an aircraft uh, taking one on the wing or whatever. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, it, gosh, I hate to foreshadow anything, anything bad, but there's going to be an accident related to this somehow. And how does the insurance handle that? Well, geez, I read through my insurance paperwork. It doesn't talk a whole lot about hitting a, you know, a quadcopter some kid bought off Amazon.com or got it for Christmas. Um, do our insurance rates go up? How do they compensate for this sort of stuff? There's just so many questions that need to be answered. You know, um, I'm a fan of the the RPA uh, market. I think it's a very cool thing. I have a little tiny one. The guys joke and call it like a uh, a mosquito. Um, it literally fits in the palm of my hand, and I fly it all around the studio, uh, you know, sometimes to uh, to take a break. It's a very, very fun machine, um, but they are instilling these rules and regulations, and it's the latest buzz. I, I encourage you to, uh, to stay on top of it, um, and I encourage you to educate individuals who uh, maybe get some dr- uh, drones or what the FAA is calling these RPA for, uh, for Christmas or birthdays, something like that, to educate themselves. 
um, on it. So uh, just some quick news and notes I want to share with you guys on that, kind of share with you my thoughts, my opinions, and where I believe everything's going in that market. I want to take a moment to welcome you guys to the Pilot's Inner Circle live on Flight Train Radio, where members of the Pilot's Inner Circle and number one rated online ground school, groundschoolacademy.com, are earning FAA WINGS credits just for listening to this very radio program you guys are listening to right now. To learn more about becoming a member of the Pilot's Inner Circle or a gold, silver, and or bronze member, of our number one rated online ground school, I encourage you to go to pilotsinnercircle.com. Pilotsinnercircle.com, check it out, learn more, earn, earn some FAA WINGS credits. WINGS credits are sort of like CEUs, continuing education units for your FAA certificate. Today's topic is the secret to perfect landings. Of course, we have a best-selling book by that exact same title available in paperback on Amazon.com or in the M0A.com store in ebook format. Includes a lot of great videos inside, URLs to go to to check out those exclusive videos for Secret to Perfect Landing book buyers. Uh, I believe you can go to secrettoperfectlandings.com as well to check that out. But I want to share with you real-world tips. I don't want to share with you a bunch of fluff on how a book says, you know, an FAA uh, airplane flying handbook says how to land an airplane better. I want to share you real world tips, tips that I've gained from 9,000 hours of flight experience. Most of those 9,000 hours are spent in the right seat teaching students like yourself. And you know what? We're all student pilots. I'm a student pilot, no matter how you look at it, because we're always learning, and a good pilot is always learning. So that's what I want to do. I want to share with you some real-world tips, tips that when we get done here, you can go out to the airport and apply right away. And there's two big ones, and I'm going to give you a, a lot uh, of what's in the book, but obviously the book's going to help you take action and put it to practice and see the videos uh, in practice and in action. My first tip is this. My online ground school members, longtime M0A.com fans, friends, and family know this all too well, but you've got to remember that a perfect landing starts with a perfect pattern. I'm going to say that again. A perfect landing starts with a perfect pattern. Think about it for my sports fans out there. When a basketball player lines up to shoot a free throw, he or she does the exact same thing every single time. They dribble the ball twice. They spin it once in their hands. They take one step forward, shuffle once to the right, and shoot and release. A golfer lining up each putt approaches the ball in the same manner, with the same grip, with the same kind of looks, the same stance. Why would our landings be any different? You see, every time you have an improper pattern or something other than perfect, you're making a different landing. It would be like that basketball player dribbling the ball twice, spinning it once, and shooting and the next time takes a granny shot, and then the third time, uh, you know, steps back to the three-point line and takes a shot. Every shot is different. Every shot takes a different approach, a different amount of strength, a different amount of accuracy over that distance. 
Your landings are the exact same way. And if a perfect landing starts with a perfect pattern, why then are we flying different altitudes, different speeds, turning base at different times? If we treat each landing with the same accuracy and the same effort to make it a perfect pattern, your landings will improve drastically. And I do this seminar all around the country, The Secret to Perfect Landings. I believe we have some dates for it at Sun and Fun in Oshkosh 2015 as well this year. But when talking about The Secret to Perfect Landings, and when I mentioned that a perfect landing starts with a perfect pattern, one of the biggest complaints I get is, well, Jason, that sounds great. When you can make a perfect 45 to downwind, to base, to final, and it's left traffic to boot. That's what I'm used to. Well, of course, that's what we want. And you know what? Jeez, that's what we get 75% of the time. But what happens when Tower tells us to report a two-mile left base? What happens when Tower tells us to call five miles straight in 3-6? What happens when the airport is right traffic is standard? You've got to learn to adapt. You've got to learn to make some changes. To give the basketball analogy again, too, that basketball player shoots that same free throw, but on a lot of different courts. It's never always at your home court. There's always something different, and it's just slightly different. But there's always just something that's a hair bit different, and you've got to learn to adapt. If I'm told to enter on a two-mile left base for runway 36, I want to find myself at a point on that left base where I would normally be. If I turn, when, I'm, when I turn my left base, or when, I, when I'm about to turn my left base, and I'm a 45-degree point off my runway, let's say I'm at a sea-level airport, so eight, you know, 800 feet, AGL, MSL, doesn't matter what sea level, that's where I like to turn my left base, about 45 degrees, about a half mile out from the airport. So if I'm told to enter on a two-mile left base, when I'm two miles out, I want to time it so that when I'm a half mile out, when I get to that 45 degree point, or what would be if I had a normal pattern, I've already got my car heat on. I've already got my 10 degrees of flaps about to go to 20 degrees of flaps. I've already slowed the airplane to 80 knots and continuing to slow down a little bit. I've got the airplane where I want. It's already at 800 feet or wherever I need to be above ground level. I've got all that done. You've got to learn to make adjustments. The hardest one to make an adjustment on is that long straight and final, that five-mile final. I say 715 in Quebec, report a five-mile final on way 36. Think, geez, okay, well, well, what do I want to do? I want to time my approach just like I did if I was entering on my base. I need to learn to time my approach that when I normally turn base to final and I'm at roughly 500 feet, 75 knots and slowing, that I, I hit that same point with the same amount of flaps at the same altitude at the same airspeed, just like I would at a normal traffic pattern. That's what I'm aiming for. I have an aiming point in my traffic pattern before I even you know make it down to the runway and find an aiming point down there. Do you see what I'm saying? There are certain points of the traffic pattern that are always fixed my beam point on my downwind, my hinge from downwind to base, and my hinge from base to final. Those are three spots that are always the same for me. Because when I'm a beam my numbers, I'm at 
Traffic pattern altitude usually 1,000 feet above the ground. It's carb heat, power back, 10 degrees of flaps. When I'm turning base to final, it's the same thing. I usually want to be about 800 feet above the ground, seven to 800 feet above the ground. I'm slowing. If I'm not already 80 knots, I, I, I'm slowing to it, and I'm hopefully not that much faster that it's that difficult to slow to it. And I'm after I successfully do that, wings level, then I add my 20 degrees of flaps. When I'm turning base to final, it's the same thing, and I standard rate turn, slowing from 80 to 75 and even getting slower down to 70. Again, this is for my 172. It's going to be different for your airplane. If I need that next notch of flaps, I add it, usually after I roll out of that turn onto final. I'm looking for these critical points in the traffic pattern to hit and to pick up where I would have left off if my traffic pattern was normal. You see, a perfect landing starts with a perfect pattern. How can you expect to have a perfect landing when your traffic pattern is different each and every time? One time you're high, one time you're low, this time you're wide, this time you're tight, now you're fast, now you're slow. If you can get all those factors in line and put a string of pretty traffic patterns together, you're going to put a string of pretty landings together as well. And some tips for making those patterns better at your home airport, pick out some visual references. We're very spoiled at the Ocala and at the Denellen Airport where I fly at because there's some beautiful landmarks. In fact, around Denellen, there is a beautiful rectangular course. On Crosswind, we follow a road. On Downwind, we follow this farmer's fence line. And on base, we turn over another road. I, it, it couldn't get any prettier. I literally tell my students, fly over this road. You shouldn't see the road out your side. I shouldn't see the road out my side because it's right underneath us. And if one of us sees this road, we're creeping in or we're creeping too far away. We have those visual landmarks to help us. And I encourage you to find some of those at your local airport because I understand you're not going to have those references at every airport you go to. But once you figure out with your two eyeballs what a perfect pattern looks like. How far away should I be from that runway on downwind? Am I too close? Am I too far away? Or am I just right? When you know what just right looks like, you'll know what too close and too far away looks like as well. You'll know what a 45 degree point to turn your base is. You'll see this sort of stuff. Fly your perfect pattern because a perfect to a perfect landing. All right? Tip number two, and tip number two is the most controversial thing uh, I've said lately. And I, I say a lot of things, as you know, so I say lately, very lightly here. And I know, I know there's going to be some haters out there, but I promise you, I would not share this if I didn't believe it worked. And in 9,000 hours of teaching students, we, figure out, we figured out a few things that work. Thousands of check rides passed through our number one rated online ground school, and the secret of perfect landings didn't become a bestseller by accident. I want you to lose the word flare from your vocabulary. Tip number two is to lose the word flare from your vocabulary. Here's why. The space shuttle, back in its heyday, would flare. A triple seven coming into land flares. A Cessna 172 does not flare. And I learned that this way. 
I learned it when I was flying with a, a gentleman very, very early on in my flight instruction career that he was coming in and, and he had the notion of a flare. When he thought of a flare, he thought of the space shuttle coming back to Earth where that nose is 30, 45, 30 to 45 degrees up. He thought of that as a flare. And I remember coming in for our first lesson on his first flight, and we're coming in. The approach is kind of squirrely, but we're, we're making it work. We're kind of oscillating left and right of center line. We're, we're coming in there. Finally, we get down to ground effect, and he looks at me to the right and verbally says, can I flare now? And I said, go for it. And he brought that yoke all the way back to his chest. I will never forget the picture. It is forever burned in my brain. His knees were locked out down on the pedals because that's how far he was leaning back. The yoke was all the way back to his chest, almost touching his belly button. We took that 70 knots that we were going forward, and we turned it into about a 30-degree climb. As that airspeed sank, the stall warning horn came on. I grabbed that yoke. I pushed it forward. Our bottoms left the seat as we experienced some zero Gs at about 25 feet, gave it full power, and went around. And I said, what on earth was that? Jason, you told me to flare. Yeah, I told you to flare, but a flare is for a 737. A flare is for the space shuttle. A 172 does not flare like that. I don't mean I want you to have a three-point landing by any means. I do. I understand, and I want to down, but the nose should follow like that. There should be two. You ever hear of somebody calling a landing a squeaker? I know it sounds like a very funny word to use, but you can always tell a good landing based on how many squeaks you have. You should have two squeaks, and they should be fairly quick. Just, you know, tap, tap, just like that. That's how you tell a good landing. People, instructors call them squeakers. I know a very funny word to use. I'm not looking for a three-point landing. I'm looking for the main touch, followed by the nose wheel, ever so softly, ever so, you know, quietly even, okay? That nose to come down. We don't want it coming down abruptly. But rather than use the word flare, let me give you a replacement word. I want you to replace the word flare with transition. Transition the aircraft to what? To slow flight. Have you ever wondered why we do slow flight? We do slow flight to get better at our landings. I always wondered that. I always said, why on earth, Mr. or Miss Instructor, why do you make me fly this airplane around with the stall warning horn blaring uh, as we're sweating like crazy in the Florida summer because no air is flowing? Why are we doing slow flight? I don't like it. It's scary. And I never got a good response. And so one day somebody told me, and said, Jason, we do slow flight to get better at our landings. Because right before you touch down, you're effectively in slow flight. As you control that airplane in ground effect, you're in slow flight. Have you ever, has someone ever said this to you? That, oh geez, that landing could have been great. You just stopped flying the airplane the last 50 feet. Anybody ever say that to you? Because a when you stop flying the airplane, you just kind of let it go and it falls to the ground effect. And next thing you know, you smack down. 
That ever happen? What happens is we never got good enough at slow flight. We never understood how those rudders really work at, the, at a slow airspeed, how effective those rudder pedals are at the slow airspeed, and how ineffective our ailerons are. We've never learned that combination because your ailerons respond a whole lot differently at 60 knots going across the runway fence than they do at 110 knots in cruise flight doing a steep turn in your maneuvering speed. You see what I'm saying here? Lose the word flare from your vocabulary. Instead, replace it with the word transition. And I want you to transition to slow flight. Nose five degrees, maybe above the horizon, eyes looking down towards the tree line, feet engaged and active to keep that aircraft tracking down center line. Have you ever found yourself in slow flight losing the heading you're supposed to be holding? Nine times out of ten, those people who can't hold a heading in slow flight can't put the airplane down on center line either. I hate to be so blunt, but maybe you notice a correlation that I can't land on center line. Maybe I should practice my slow flight and really focus on holding my headings. Focus on how much rudder pressure I need to apply. Get good at slow flight and you'll get great at landings. Fly a perfect pattern and you'll be unstoppable at landings. If you want to take this a step further, I encourage you to grab our best-selling book, The Secret of Perfect Landings, secrettoperfectlandings.com, also available on Amazon, amazon.com. Grab it in the amazon.com pilot shop. We're going to take a quick commercial break, come back, answer your questions, your comments. Hit me up on the mzeroa.com Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash M-Z-E-R-O-A, or on Twitter. I am at M-Z-E-R-O-A. Chat with you after this commercial break. Picture this. You're flying along. Everything is fine. And suddenly, the engine quits. Do you have your checklists, frequencies, and procedures memorized? Let Jason take you through every in-flight emergency possible. In Jason's newest book, In-Flight Emergencies, a step-by-step guide to handling the unexpected, Jason takes you through every possible scenario with actual in-flight video and audio for real emergencies. You'll be able to watch an actual engine failure in-flight take place, then hear the pilot's story and Jason's take on how they handled the situation. Visit inflightemergencies.com to better equip yourself for the unexpected. Jason called it way back during an interview in 2010. One thing I can tell you for sure is the iPad is going to revolutionize the way we fly and certainly the way we learn to fly. Learn exactly how Jason has been using his iPad to fly since the beginning. In his new free report titled Digital Flying, Jason shows you which apps he uses, how to mount the iPad in the cockpit, which iPad to buy, how to stay organized in the cockpit, and so much more. For a limited time only, you can grab this report totally free, no strings attached. Visit DigitalFlying.com to request your free copy and become a digital pilot today. Have a question for Jason? Call in now, 877-537-6704. Hey there, quick question. What would you do if you lost your logbook? Imagine having to go back in time to track down all of those hours, dates, aircraft flown, and airports landed at. It's near impossible. Trust me, I've done it. 
Welcome to Runway Log, the best online pilot logbook that lets you log flights on your iPhone, iPad, or Android device. Attach photos to certain entries and see where you've been with our interactive map. Best of all, it's backed up every hour and fully exportable to CSV or PDF. Runway Log has your back. It even sends reminders when your flight review is due. Don't wait another second. Start your free trial of Runway Log today. Visit RunwayLog.com. The Ground School Academy is more than just another school. It's a community. And I want to thank you for all that you're doing. You're going to grow this show. You're going to be the most popular and best instructor in the nation because you focus on people and learning. You're sincere. You have integrity. And you have character. And your wife is a great gal, too. Each week, members get to interact with Jason through his webinars, videos, and this very radio program you're listening to now. My name is Matt Dolan. I'm from Des Moines, Iowa. I fly out of the Des Moines airport, and I pass my private pilot check ride with 40.1 hours. I attribute a lot of that success to the M0A online ground school. Uh, Jason really does a wonderful job of teaching his students all the basics you're going to need to help test, pass your written test as well as uh, your practical tests. Um, the videos he shows, uh, almost every maneuver he has a video to back that up. Uh, to explain about it. Um, <clears throat> once you're a member, uh, they hold online seminars every week. Uh, this is really a big key uh, as far as my training was concerned because there's those nagging questions, you know, exactly what does this do, what does that do. Pass your check ride or we'll pay for it. Visit pilotsinnercircle.com now to join the number one rated online ground school. All right, guys, Jason, back with you answering your questions, your comments. Again, online ground school members, don't forget, tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern time, we have our mock check ride, one of my favorite, favorite evenings to spend with you guys, really see kind of where you're at and what you guys are uh, up to and how you're doing in your studies. So many great things going on on M0A.com right now, guys. I, I wish I could share a little bit more, but just trust me, some great things are on the horizon. The Flying Again movie uh, couldn't be going any better, and it's all possible with you guys. Um, guys, I really mean it when I say uh, uh, we get up so early and stay up so late, uh, do all the crazy things we do. Well, we do it for you guys to help make you guys safer, smarter pilots. If there's anything we can do this week to help make you a safer, smarter pilot, please, please, please don't hesitate to reach out. Guys, enjoy online ground school members. I'll see you tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern time. And most importantly, remember that a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. See ya.